Some days I eat green vegetables and do a thousand burpees. Some days I eat donuts and refuse to put pants on. It's called balance. But what does balance mean? And I don't mean standing on one foot. I'm Tamara Kennedy, owner of TK High Performance, author of I Am, elite sports masseuse to some of the world's greatest athletes and personal trainer. And I'm on a mission to make a positive impact and to change the lives of people all over the world. My motto is to have courage, be a good human, show kindness and do epic shit. And I believe I'm here to push people beyond what is expected of them and further than what even they believe is possible. I'm here to push the boundaries and make you think. I'm going to be chatting all things balance, big decision-making, hyper-productivity, and backing yourself today. Let's have a real conversation to help you feel better, choose better, and live your best life. Now, you are the greatest project that you'll ever get to work on. It's never too late for you to decide to live your life differently. You could be 18 or 81. There is no perfect age. You always have the power to choose to start living life on your terms. At any point, you can wake up and decide that happiness and success looks different to you now, and you can take action to shift your reality to match that new definition. You are not stuck. You never were. You never will be. We're just taught we are. There is a big difference. Now, there is something to learn from every situation in life, good and the bad. So everyone, including you, has the ability to use their life as a class to learn more and grow. And boy, do I have some stories to share about my year so far with you. Here is my attempt at finding that elusive thing we like to call balance. Let's start at the end of 2018. I was about to go overseas with some of my athletes I was training hard, eating exceptionally. All in all, I felt great and I was super pumped. Every last second of my day was spent working towards my goals for that trip. I was 100% committed and giving everything I had to my career. Going into that trip, I knew that my life was about to change, but I had no idea how. Everyone I spoke to before I left knew that change was coming as well, except the bets were on me coming back with a Brazilian husband, not for what actually happened. Um, I was excited by the idea of that change as well and for 2019 to be different, which it really sparked something within me. Um, I'd been giving 100% to my career for a while now and I was ready to level up um, to what was next for me. I could feel it in my gut, but I just wasn't sure what that would involve. One thing I knew though was that I put it out there that I was ready for change and to grow into the next version of myself. It was time to go to the next level. The thing is, though, when you ask for change, change is delivered, but it might not look how you imagined. For me, looking back, I thought going to the next level for me was more career opportunities, achieving more things, working with more athletes, traveling to more overseas locations. What I didn't realize was for me to go up another level and grow, it involved none of that. It was about learning balance and what that looked like for me. Which, when you're so goal-orientated and result-orientated like myself, it's hard because I feel like I'm naturally wired to push myself to achieve more and more and more and more and always looking for the next thing and, and always trying to like push for more and more and more. And when I'm not achieving... I feel like I'm not living up to my greatest potential. I go 300 kilometers per hour at things and everything I have and I give everything I have and then I find more to give 
And the thing I've learned with growth though, is that sometimes you need to grow in other areas of your life, not just your career. And there is more to life than what you can achieve at work. And there is this thing called balance, which I don't think I've ever had. So these lessons, they all started when I got bitten by a venomous centipede um, while I was in Hawaii. And yes, that's actually a thing. Who knew? Um, But I think it was a mix of that bite being heavily run down from working my ass off for the entire six weeks of that triple crown of surfing and probably not training and eating like I normally would like to. But I legitimately thought I was going to die in the bathroom that night. Um, I'd broken my toe a few weeks earlier and even a broken bone was nothing compared to the pain that I felt that night. And I had no option. Um, As soon as I woke up the next morning, I was like, one, I was so pumped I actually made it to the morning. Um, But I had to get on with it. The Pipe Masters was in full swing. um, So I powered on. And my only priority was getting my athletes to the best that they could be. My foot could wait. A world title, Pipe Masters and the Triple Crown was all at stake. So we got through that. Um, I left Hawaii exhausted, but still felt good. Um, I had the trip of an absolute lifetime. Um, But when I landed back in Australia, I landed a couple of days before Christmas um, and I walked out of the plane at Melbourne Airport and I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. I was exhausted. My body hurt. My foot was still throbbing. I felt like death warmed up. And I thought it's just the fact that I'd been awake for so long. Um, I'd been on a plane. Um, I thought, you'll be right. Power on, I said to myself. Now, that powering on mentality ended up me, with me being hit with pneumonia and ending up, ending up in hospital. Um, but that wasn't for a few weeks, so let's backtrack a bit. Um, in the mix of not being able to breathe um, and struggling to walk to my car without getting out of breath um, and basically just feeling like I'd been hit by a convoy of semi-trailers, um, my sister, who I was living with at the time, and my best friend decided she was moving to Sydney. Um, which meant packing up our home in Melbourne. Um, And now at this point, I still didn't know what I was going to be doing for the year. Um, I thought at that time I'd be traveling on the world with the WSL World Tour. Um, So I just thought I'll move my stuff to mum's house in the country, stay there for a month max, and then leave for the tour. Happy days. So I started packing up my life. Um, New Year's came along and I decided the best way to start the year would be by watching the first sunrise at the top of one of my favorite mountains. My two favorite things in life, hikes in nature and sunrises. So I dragged my uncle and my brother out of the house. Um, I think we left at like 1.44 a.m. and climbed this mountain to get to the top before the sun came up and the sky lit up. It was the worst hike of my life. I couldn't breathe. I literally took over 200 rest breaks. I had to stop every two meters to catch my breath. Um, I vomited twice because my body was under so much stress. Um, I broke my rib from coughing so much in the cold with limited oxygen at the top. But yet again, my stubbornness was like, of course you can hike a mountain. Don't be a coward. Keep going. So I then ended up in hospital. Um, Now, my clients in Melbourne had already had me away for six weeks overseas. So adding another month of pneumonia and being able to work really put a strain on my business. Um, But I was determined to make it work. So I kept working as much as I could to not let them down. Um, but the two to three hour commute each way, depending on traffic was hard. Um, I had anxiety daily about the drive, um, and what I had to do to look after everyone else at the expense of my own self. Um, one thing I needed to do better was putting, probably putting myself higher in my own to-do list, um, which I didn't do at all at the time. Um, so basically I'd moved to the country with my family, um, 
in my head, I'd be there for a month max. Um, and then mum's house that she was renting at the time was sold underneath her um, after she'd lived there for nine years. So not only had I just moved back there with all my stuff, we had to find a house for her and my brother, plus a studio space for her to work from. And I still had to figure out quick, smart what I was going to do. Um, I still had no idea. And like the pneumonia was really throwing a spanner in the works as I was eating through all my savings that was meant to literally pay for me to travel for the year. Um, and the weeks kept ticking along um, as I was unable to work. So I feel like when these tests come your way, they really come your way. Every part of you is tested. So at that point, I'd made a decision. Um, I was super stressed, um, wasn't coping very well, but I decided that I was just going to focus on things that sparked joy. Um, so I watched Marie Kondo's Netflix series, um, Changed My Life, um, and I figured that the financial, the logistics, all the long-term stuff would kind of sort itself out. I just thought that when my body was already under so much stress, um, I couldn't make any decisions because my mind was rattled. Um, the, the only thing I do was simplify my decision-making. I just needed to make a decision, but in the mix of all that chaos, I felt like I was losing who I was. All I knew Myself prior to this was someone who was goal oriented and got shit done and someone who achieved goals and I wasn't achieving anything. Well, I felt like I wasn't. Maybe I was actually achieving the greatest thing ever, which is achieving happiness. But to get there was a whole world of chaos, struggle and doubt and, and you know, awful days and tears and, and the works. But I just decided I was just going to do things that sparked joy. And that was it. If it sparked joy, I did it. If it didn't spark joy, I didn't do it. Super simple, like a super simple equation. That's where it got to. I just had to like literally simplify my life. Um, And the funny thing is when you make such a bold commitment to only do things that spark joy in the mix of all this cloud of change and like I felt like I was in the middle of a storm, more tests thrown your way to see how you handle them and grow as a person. Um, as I said, I asked for change and I asked to grow and this was leveling up, just not how I imagined it. So at that point, um, I was then tested morally. Um, so being tested every other way and then got tested morally. So struggling, I was struggling financially, um, because I couldn't obviously work for a while. Um, I was then offered the job that I dreamed of two years ago with an elite sports, sports team internationally, um, for huge money and huge benefits. But something just didn't sit well with me. Um, I ended up crippled with anxiety. Um, Two years ago, um, this was the dream and on paper it was perfect. But for now, there there was this reason, I don't know, but I was only considering it because of the money. I literally got to the point where I was up in the middle of the night being sick because I felt like all the stress was coming out of me in that way. Um, And I never wanted to make a decision because of money. It's not who I am. It's not something I'm motivated by. Um, And it's something that I never wanted to do. So I felt like my moral compass was being tested and everyone around me told me I had to accept the job, but I I had to back myself and trust my gut. Um, Something told me that traveling 300 days of the year was not the right direction for me. Um, Yeah, it was unbelievably good money, but didn't make me happy and I didn't think it would. Um, I think in the past two years, I have grown a lot and a job that was perfect two years ago probably isn't perfect for me now. Um, And I chose the path of where I wanted my life to go rather than the money. Um, But it it wasn't easy. Um, Everyone wanted me to take it and it was a huge career progression. 
but it just didn't feel right for me. So um, I declined the offer um, for the first time for the year. I had set a boundary for my own self and, and chose what felt right for me at the time. Um, and in the mix of all of that, I guess while that was all happening, I also ended up in a position personally um, with a guy that made my moral compass very uncomfortable and tested as well. Um, so I feel like I was kind of tested morally, both professionally and personally all at the same time. Um, but I made it through all of that, um, stayed true to my values and as hard as it was, um, I kind of got to the end of that and was like, I thought, I was like, surely it's got to get better from here. It has to, doesn't it? So we were down to the last few weeks of mum having her house um, and it was time to make a decision, you know, a big life-changing decision, which in itself I probably put way too much pressure on myself with. After all, um, I wasn't committing for the rest of my life just for the moment, but at that time, I think when you have to make a big decision, you kind of feel like if you make the wrong one, you're going to ruin your life. Um, it's crazy how our minds, when controlled by stress and fear, that, you know, the, the decision-making seems a lot bigger than it is. Um, and I just tried to make the best decision that was right for me at the time. And I felt like the only decision that, was, that felt right was for me to get my own house. Um, so I found my own home down the coast. And everything felt good. Um, it was instant relief. I f was like, finally, like, yes, like, this is where I'm meant to be. Like, I love it here. This is why it's all happened. Like, boom, I understand universe. Like, I get it. Like, thank you for all that happening. Like, you know, this is where I'm meant to be. And I thought, perfect. I'll just live here in a place that makes me happy. One minute walk to the beach, surrounded by nature. Um, and I'll just work harder so I can make it happen. Um, I still had my business in Melbourne. Um, so I decided that I would just commute to Melbourne. So the two to three hours each way, work my butt off while I was there, continue to build my business, um, travel with my athletes when I could save enough um, again, and then live down the coast doing all the things that sparked joy for the rest of the time. I was like, boom, like I really can have it all. I can do anything. Who says you can't have it all? And then enter life sending me another lesson. Um, um, it's actually... It's, it's so weird. It was day one of week one of getting back into routine. So after a roller coaster of three months and I had a full week booked in with clients um, of work after my pneumonia, after life being uncertain, every curveball being thrown my way. And I was like, I was ready to show the world that I could have it all and do everything. Um, I'd continued to stand after being knocked down every for everything for the year everything that had been thrown at me. So I thought, you know, I've got through all of this. I'm still standing. Nothing can shake me. Power on, like keep going. I felt like I'd won the battle. Um, now, luckily I have the most amazing clients um, who are all super patient with me during these three months. And, you know, and everyone was locked in and I was pumped and everyone was pumped and everyone's like goals were back on track. And I was going to do three days a week working big days in Melbourne. So I'd leave at 4 a.m leave home at 4am, first session was 6am, work all day back to back, finish at 7pm and then drive home. And then four days I'd have at home doing all the things that made me happy. I thought I'd literally come up with the, the most perfect formula of balance. And maybe in all of that, it's actually the lesson that I was meant to learn. Um, who knew like out of, out of everything that this was the, the lesson. So we're day one of week one. I'm driving between clients and I get a call to have a meeting later on that afternoon. So I go, perfect, had time. It just like, 
It was like I had a half hour break and it was just like perfect. So it was then um, that I got offered a pretty amazing opportunity in Melbourne. And I was like, boom, I've got this. Um, you know, I could still keep my business on the side, still work there. Um, the only thing it meant was leaving home at 3 a.m. instead of 4 and work till 10 p.m. instead of 9 um, and work four days, not three. And, you know, but success is based off how many hours we work, right? So basically, I'm thinking I'm killing it, convincing myself in my head that I've come up with this like perfect formula for work life balance. Um, I still get three days at the beach to do all the things that spark joy in me. And I can still have everything I've worked so hard for throughout my career. And I can still make money, like good money while I'm at it. And I get to live down the beach. Like I'm so pumped. So work-life balance is a phrase you probably hear often. And it describes a goal that anyone who is ever employed relates to. Because let's face it, there is more to life than work. Um, even though I probably have failed to see that for a long time. No matter how rewarding your job or career is. Yet genuine work-life balance is actually impractical or even fantasy in the society that we live in because it has evolved into one where a lot of us have our own businesses or side hustles or parents where it's basically just not realistic to have a perfect proportion day every day of the year. So eight hours of work or parenting, eight hours of sleep, eight hours for yourself to live life. But literally, I thought I'd outsmarted the system. I, like, I thought I was probably a bit of a genius at that point. I could write four days off in Melbourne and have three three days of life down the coast. I literally thought for a moment that this was me getting more balance. And it probably was, but it wasn't maintainable and I knew that intuitively. Um, Like intuition and emotions are a guide and it's important to listen to them um, instead of making them out to be the enemy. Every emotional feeling has a purpose, even the uncomfortable ones. And, you know, even with my the job offer I got that was morally questioning, um, you know, the anxiety I was feeling, that was an emotion to guide me that it probably wasn't right for me. And when you are in tune, you feel and listen to your emotions or your gut. The thing is, we aren't scared of life, events or things. We're afraid of the emotions. Making peace with the emotions and what they're trying to tell us and teach us is a huge part of healing, high performance and decision making even when that's easier said than done sometimes. Now, for me, there is no such thing as balance. I don't think you, you know, you can't have 50-50. Well, I can't anyway, because if I have 50-50, it means I'm only giving 50% to something. And I don't know, the way I'm wide, I feel like I don't feel fulfilled at that. I only am fulfilled when I give 100%. Um, Now, I've had my business for 13 years now, um, and I've been very guilty of a phenomenon we all face hyper productivity or being busy. Now I pride myself on working hard and I think it's an amazing quality to have. Um, So I'm not saying in this to take the easy route or do the bare minimum and chill at all. Um, I will always strive to be the hardest worker in any room. Um, I think that's just ingrained in me and it's, it's something that I'd recommend for as a bit of advice for anyone is, is always be the hardest worker in the room. What I am saying though, is that, busyness has become a status symbol that a lot of people wear as a badge of honor. It somewhat seems to make them feel important. Um, But the thing is that hours worked don't reflect how hard you work. And that's the thing I've realized this year. Um, And let me say that again, the hours you work do not reflect how hard you work. Now you've probably heard it all before when someone says, how are you doing? And you reply busy. 
automatically without even thinking. It's like literally the first word that comes into your mind. We become addicted to chronic, chronic busyness because it gives us an adrenaline rush. You know, I worked 16 hours yesterday as, as if that's a way to establish status or sense of worth and define how hard you work. Wow, I'm a hero. I worked 16 hours. Give me a medal. Actually, I'm just an idiot. I used to answer busy all the time when someone would ask how my day was or how I am. This line of thinking, though, tends to make sense in, this, in a society that we live in because for the most part, it is still very individualistic. No one wants to feel like they're being left behind. We're wired for connection and want to not only belong but feel important. As if being perceived as important or you know, needed is going to help us make better connection with others. Busyness is then glorified and we, be, like, and we keep doing it. Wow, I don't know how you do it becomes a compliment. How crazy is that? We need to stop the glorification of busy. The secret to doing it all is not doing it all, but discovering which part of that all is yours and doing it well. Now, many of us are time poor, constantly rushing to juggle different commitments, you know, from A to B. And Australia's fallen behind the rest of the developed world in trying to achieve a healthy balance between work and life outside work. We're now living to work, not working to live. Now, there are still so many industries out there that you still get paid nine to five, but you can't leave at five. You can't be the first one to leave the office. You can't, you, you know, you have to stay until it looks like you're putting in more hours, even if you have nothing to do. I've heard so many people who will sit at their desk and look busy because their jobs are done for the day. But it's a culture where in order to be looked at for a promotion or to move up in the business or industry, you have to put in the extra hours. How crazy is that? It's not based off a perception of, you know, it, it, I mean, sorry, it is based off the perception of the hours you put in, not the quality of work you deliver or how productive you are in a short period of time. You know, also another thing with business, you know, when I was trying to work in Melbourne and commute back and forth, um, I'd have people asking daily, you know, what I was doing on my days off. Like I had to justify it. I had to justify a rest. Yet I was still working 36 hours a week with clients, plus probably double that in hours working unpaid at home growing my own business. But the perception made people start to judge me. I was literally made to feel bad on several occasions because people thought I was doing nothing on my days off. As if I'm not worthy because I can have a day in nature. Like, so what if I am? Why does being busy and working 24 hours a day, seven days a week need to be glorified? Shouldn't, like, shouldn't looking after ourselves both mentally, physically and spiritually be seen as, as successful rather than a perception of busyness that is glorified? You know, and experts agree the compounding stress from the never-ending workday is damaging. It can hurt relationships, health and overall happiness. But we somehow end up learning that how we show up in the world seems to matter. If we've learned through our own social experiences that certain patterns of behavior, such as being extraordinarily busy and constantly on the go, lead to being successful, connected and accepted by others, then we may find it appealing to engage in these type of behaviors. We think by being perceived as busy, we are important and people will like us more. So we create more business in our lives. But 
it's crazy because working long hours, like I can tell you right now, I've done it. You ruin connections, your health and your happiness because you don't have time to put energy into those things that they actually deserve. Being constantly busy is actually quite lonely too. You know, you might be surrounded by people all day as you are busy, but because you have no balance, it can get quite lonely. So the vicious cycle continues, spend more time being busy so you feel less lonely. You know, it's also a culture where working long hours is often promoted as the best path to success, which doesn't always leave room to achieve other needs and goals in life. Um, and there's, that's an obvious issue that not everyone can financially afford to cut back on working hours or to potentially lose their job because they leave on time. And have you ever noticed how busy, you know, as I said before, has become this auto reply with most of us? So how are you? Busy. How's life? Busy. How was your week? Busy. Busy is acceptable. Busy is glorified. You know, it creates all kind of associations like productive, as if things are happening. We live in a busy world. We're all busy all of the time. Even when we have a free moment, an unproductive few seconds of waiting, the almost instinctive reaction has become to reach for our phone or some other screen to check something. For many of us, busy has become the almost constant expectation, you know, because when you're busy, you're in demand and you're getting things done. When you're busy, you're important because you're doing things. When you're busy, you're a big fucking deal because with a huge status and people think you're important, except when you're not, except that you are not. Unnecessary glorified busy, you know, is causing a lot of overload overwhelm, overeating, overexhaustion. One of the biggest things in, you know, the fitness industry is that rest days are just as important as the days when you work really hard. It's when the muscles repair and rebuild themselves. Rest between periods of intense activity is where the gains or results happen. It's the same with our brains, our spirit, our creative and ourselves. It's not just our bodies. We need sleep and rest and quiet and periods of stopping to consolidate, metabolize, rejuvenate, connect in, reconnect, check in and be our best selves. But when was the last time you stopped? I don't think I can answer it myself. We live in a culture that encourages constant doing. Busy is the accept, like expectation and the new normal. For many people, not being busy and not doing feels uncomfortable because we all want to be a fucking big deal. Truth is, being busy isn't going to get you that. It's all just perception, a gimmick, a false reality. Think about this. So you're sitting at dinner at the dinner table at a restaurant and your friend leaves to go to the toilet. The first thing we do is pull out our phones to look busy because I guess because in that perhaps uncomfortable moment, we felt a need to do something. An extreme example, perhaps, but in that moment, they think, you know, because they pull out their phone, they're not alone. It happens in churches, in art museums, in restaurants, when your friend or family momentarily leaves the table. Places where we could be using that time to exhale and just be on our own, if only for a moment, are now moments where we've, we've reached to do something. Many of us are finding it harder and harder to let ourselves sit quietly, to contemplate, to do nothing. And as a result, we're functioning and over-functioning with very tired brains. 
Hence why decision-making is so hard. You might even think that you now use busyness as a way to stop or avoid doing something else. You know, so when you're exhausted, do you zone out by clicking mindlessly through the internet? When you're tired, do you, you know, think straight? Do you, or like, do you head straight to the kitchen to find something to eat or watch a mind-dumbing TV series? When you come home from work and you're tired and cranky and exhausted and you've had the worst day, you know, by the thought of, you know, even deciding what's for dinner, do you kick off your shoes and lay down and have a nap? Or do you snack mindlessly while you attack the dinner question or one of the other 10 things on your to-do list? Or do you check your email? When you're bored, do you scroll through Instagram? When it's hard to stop being busy can become a way of zoning out of doing nothing. Doing being the operative word. It's procrastinating. But what does the price of the glorification of busy cost you? Is it an extra 10 kilos? Is it the guilt about saying no or not doing more? Is it the stress or a cluttered mind having to justify your rest? Is it the loss of friends and connections? All things I've experienced myself and I'd love to hear how this affects you and your thoughts on busy and, you know, hyper productivity. The thing is, even when we're busy, we make time for the crucial things in life. We eat, we go to the toilet, we sleep most of the time, not enough though. Um, But yet one of our most crucial needs, which is exercise, is often the first thing to go when our calendar fills up. Exercise is an effective stress reducer. It pumps feel-good endorphins through the body. It helps lift your mood. Yet how many people say they don't have time because, you know, I'm so busy. You aren't busy. You're just glorifying the idea. There are 24 hours in a day and I can tell you right now, there is a very small chance you are actually busy for every single minute of that day being productive. Juggling the need to earn money and filling a desire to have non-work interests, activities and commitments is challenging. I get it. Perfect work-life balance probably doesn't exist. You know, there is no 50-50, but what it looks like largely depends on what suits you and those close to you. Ideally, your professional and your personal life should support and strengthen one another, whether for family, study, hobbies, fun, socializing, or relaxation. Having time and energy to focus on activities you enjoy and your relationships is crucial for your well-being. You know, it sounds obvious, but creating a true separation between work and home life is likely to reduce the stress of one area impacting the other. You know, even small changes to work arrangements can make a big difference. You know, but I get it. It's not always easy, especially when you own your own business. Um, Because we do, we live in a world where we've become available all of the time, whether it's on email, text, phone, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, which, you know, it has its positives. Don't get me wrong, like the ability to connect with others, but from a work-life balance point of view, for those that do have their own business, it means you are on all of the time. And what I'm getting at is that it's rare these days to have a nine to five job where you leave at 5 p.m. and you don't think about work again until 9 a.m. when you walk through the door again. So we need to redefine what work-life balance means for you individually because there is no one-size-fits-all algorithm or formula that you know has been perfectly cut proportions that will fit everyone where you do exactly eight hours of work, exactly eight hours of not thinking about work and eight hours of sleep. 
We are human. So we need to figure out what balance looks like for you in reality. For me, I needed to stop living for acceptance. I needed to choose myself in order to get balance. Now, when you think of balance, I'm sure you're imagining the perfect seesaw with even weights on each side or a pie cut into perfectly proportioned pieces. But it needs to be redefined because every single person is different. So balance is different for everyone. You know, there is no perfect measure or algorithm or formula that when you add 12 hours of this and 12 hours of that will give you this perfect balanced life. It's not true. We're human. So balance doesn't exist in its current meaning. There are going to be times where our careers need a bit more time in the day, where our personal life needs a bit more. Most of us spend too much time on what is urgent though and not enough time on what is important. You know, is that email actually important? Or is your health, both mental, uh, both mental and physical? Now, no matter how busy you are or how busy you think you are, the work will always be there tomorrow. But your friends, your family, your life and your health might not be. Now, I've learned that you can't have everything and do everything at the same time. We only get 24 hours in a day. We all get it. We all are even. We're all on the same playing field. It's about how we use those hours. And what's more important than the limited time we have is who we spend that time with. So if I choose to spend my time with you and my ambition and achievements intimidate you, please don't even bother asking for my time in the first place. There is enough success in this world for us all to have it. And I'm not looking to spend my time as competition of who's achieved more or who can do better. I just want to be around good people who see each other's potential, um, where we can all grow and be best versions of ourselves. You know, it's about being kind to one another. How are you choosing to spend your 24 hours with and who are you spending it with? Is it with people who support your long-term growth in life? Now, as I said, balance needs to be redefined. You know, balance is something personal and means something different to everyone. It is impossible to have every element of your life perfectly equal. You know, well, I believe anyway that, you know, it isn't necessarily perfect proportions. It's just about focusing on what's important to you and putting boundaries in place and allowing yourself to surrender to that imbalance. So um, as I said earlier, I put a boundary in place with that job opportunity that I got offered. Um, You know, it was an amazing opportunity, but I put a boundary on myself because I was like, that's not right for me. And that doesn't support, you know, where I'm at. Um, and so that was a boundary I put and I, um, I surrendered to that imbalance and, and moved forward with, you know, what was to come next. And as I said, you know, I'm someone that gives a hundred percent to everything I do. So for me, balance doesn't exist in my vocabulary, vocabulary, but it's redefining it so that I can create a version of balance for myself and, and the same for you as well. So, you know, there are going to be times where, you know, your work needs you more or your personal life needs you more. You know, a perfect example is like motherhood and when your baby gets sick. If your baby is sick, they need your attention, energy and time, not your career. In that moment that they're unwell, you aren't thinking about the emails you have to write or how many, you ha- how many highlighters you have to order. In that moment, you're looking after your child. So that's the imbalance and you've got to accept it and embrace it. Redefining balance for you right now, whatever you're up to in life and what balance looks like for you in this very moment, I want to know what's important to you. 
What are your priorities at this very, very moment? I want you to make a list of 10 activities or things that make you feel alive, that give you a spring in your step, a smile on your face, things that are important to you, things that make you, make you happy and light you up, things that excite you to get out of bed and make you look forward to doing. You know, and if you're been so busy with life the past few years and you, you aren't sure of what gives you that extra pep in your step, most bang for your buck, or, you know, if you can't make a list of 10 things easily, the great news is that you are free to try almost anything. There's no pressure. Just go out and try a few things. See what resonates with you. See what makes you feel fulfilled. Achieving is great, but without being fulfilled, life can become quite boring. You know, for me, it's the little things like going for a walk on the beach, putting my diffuser on when I get home, lighting a candle, you know, challenging myself in workouts, hiking in nature, baking. Your list is your list and there's no right or wrong. It could be a quiet cup of tea once the kids go to bed, watching your favorite TV show or a hot shower with essential oils. Once you've got your list or you've started to develop your list of things you're trying and seeing if they spark joy in you, it's then time to figure out how you can add even just one of those things into every single day, adding little moments of happiness bursts into your everyday life. You know, one of the biggest things I've learned recently is to never confuse having a career with having a life. One thing, you know, I think I've done for a long time, you know, and that was a lesson that I needed to learn in order to level up and grow because I was living for my career. My career was my entire life. So um, back to the story, I had this amazing career opportunity meeting on day one of routine. Um, I left the meeting and was so pumped. Um, Two minutes after leaving that meeting, you know, I was driving, um, getting ready for my two-hour commute ahead of me, excited about life. You know, I really thought I had it all figured out. I was in the best mood. I was like, I was so pumped. I like, I literally thought I'd figured it all out. I was then hit by a truck, quite literally. He hit me so hard on my driver's side that my entire driver's side was cut in half. Um, like someone had literally cut it open with scissors. And there it was. I realized maybe I didn't have it all figured out. Maybe I wasn't meant to be doing all of this. All of the powering on and being stubborn and pushing through all the chaos. Maybe I wasn't allowing what I was meant to be doing. So I sat in the gutter on the side of the road for three hours um, while I waited for my car to be picked up. While I waited to be picked up, sorry, my car was written off. um, Looking at the year that I'd already had and thinking like, surely this is not real life. Like how can so many shitty things happen back to back? But... I looked at it and I was like, well, I'm alive, I'm uninjured, and I'm super grateful for that. Um, so I started listening to a few different podcasts, and one of the biggest thing I got out of them was, right now, as you are today, in this exact moment, what are the things that are important to you? You know, what are the things that are essential to your happiness? Like, is it being able to save for travel? Is it that you're, you know, studying to go through exams? Are you climbing the corporate ladder? Are you in motherhood? Are you, like working towards getting a promotion. And in this podcast, it was like, write it down, like write what's important to you. And for me, the thing that was important to me was to find my happiness again. I was miserable. I'd lost my spark. Things that, 
used to make me happy weren't anymore. I felt lost. I didn't know who I was anymore. And I felt like, you know, I couldn't keep getting knocked down through the same door. Like I try, needed to try and open a new one. I literally, I only knew myself by achieving things. And so I thought if I kept pushing and I'd eventually achieve something and I'd keep going and like, that was my mentality, like go 300 kilometers per hour and like push through, but it wasn't working. And so then like, I was miserable, but I kept like trying to convince myself, like, it will be fine. Like, it'll get better. Like, stay positive. And I think that it was in that moment that I was like, I think I'm trying to open the wrong door. And I realized that I don't have to have perfect, perfect proportions to be balanced. Essentially, what I did was I figured out what is important to me in that very moment. And that was happiness because yeah, my dream car was written off. I couldn't work again, like again for another, you know, month while the insurance company decided if they were going to write the car off. And it literally took them a month before they wrote it off. Um, And because it was a hit and run. So the truck um, hit me and then drove off. So the police couldn't find them. So the insurance car wouldn't give me a high car. So like I literally couldn't get to Melbourne. I was stuck. Um, But, you know, none of that was important because I had the opportunity to find happiness again. I had the opportunity to start fresh and open a brand new door that, you know, I'd had this one door open for 13 years. Well, what's saying you can't open a new door? So every plan, that literally every plan I had for that year failed at that point. You know, I gave everything I had and I still couldn't walk through doors that were no longer right for me anymore. So, you know... I had all these things that were important to me written down in order of importance, um, all things that I wanted in my life. Um, I then wrote down next to that my top five core values um, at this very moment. So, you know, not the Tam from 2018, but the Tam right now sitting in a gutter who wants to find her spark again. Basically a piece of paper that if someone read would understand a lot about who I am. Um, And then from there, I'm going to ask you to do the same because what I did and it was actually super life-changing as I spent a whole week after that committed to logging a time diary. So I went back, obviously I couldn't work that week, but I went back and I pretended it was a work week. So, and I could, I can, I can backtrack every single 15 minutes. I own my own business. So I know exactly what I do every single 15 minutes of the day. And so what I did is every single 15 minutes from that moment, I woke up from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep, how much I slept and everything in between. Like I knew what time my alarms went off. I knew what time I went to bed. I knew like, I knew what time I ate and I broke it down the hours that I was at work and you know, yeah, I was working, but what was I doing in those hours? And, and I'm going to ask you to do the same. I want you to be transparent and honest with yourself. I want you to spend one whole week making a time diary. Time when you wake up, log your sleep from the night before, How do you break down your time at work? Itemizing your time. Write down exactly how you're spending every single 15 minutes in that week. And be aware of how you're actually spending those minutes when you are doing that activity. Like, are you in that moment engaged fully? Are you productive? Are you, or are you like multitasking physically or even mentally? You know, you're not with this, you're not striving for the exact same hours in every element but just adding some slight adjustments. So, you know, there's no perfect measurements nor the exact same hours or energy that are going to go into things. But it's just to get an idea 
um, so that you can get clever with your scheduling and how you're spending your life. We only get one life after all. So the goal in this is to see whether the time you're spending every day is actually reflecting what is important to you, who you are and what makes you happy. Because something obviously was off in my life. I was trying to open doors that weren't opening, trying to ram through them even though they were locked. And even though I was convincing myself for those few months that everything was great and to keep pushing, you know, if that life, like if that time diary wasn't the most eye-opening and life-changing experience I ever did, I don't know what was. With that, I figured out that on a day that I worked, I would spend eight hours a day in my car commuting to Melbourne and between clients. Eight hours a day. That's a third of my day being unproductive, wasted, driving behind a wheel. That was the day I decided that it was time to walk away from my business in Melbourne. And it, it, it was probably the hardest decision I've ever done. Um, I love my clients like they're my family, but I needed to put myself higher on my to-do list. And I couldn't spend a third of my day being unproductive when I could use that time elsewhere to make a more of a positive difference to others, to do more things that made me happy and to find my spark again. Um, so that's what I did. I committed 100% to living my life down on the coast. Um, I think prior to that, like, you know, yeah, I was living here, but I wasn't here. So it was like giving that 50-50 and I wasn't fulfilled. And I've been now giving 100% for a month now and it's by far the best decision that I've ever made. You know, if I can share anything with you, it is just to focus on you. Um, don't worry about what anyone else is doing or, what you know, what... Don't worry about anyone else or what they're doing or, you know, the people who say you need to do everything or that you must do what they think is successful. It's just not true. You don't need to do everything. You just need to do the things that are most important to you right now. And no one else can tell you that. I think for a long time, like I thought moving back here, people would judge me because, you know, my career was in Melbourne and, you know, I was giving up my business. But the thing is, like, why does it matter what anyone else thinks? Because, you know, like I've leveled up. I've grown more doing this than I ever could have continuing my business. And in all of these lessons, I've realized that although balance in, his, in, its original sense, in, in its original sense doesn't work for me, you know, as I said, I can't give 50% to something. Balance for me means implementing boundaries so that I can prioritize what is essential to me in this moment. So whether that's, as I said, saying no to a job opportunity because it doesn't align with your values or saying no to going out on the weekend to protect your downtime, balance means doing or making choices and enjoying those choices. So there are always going to be times in, in your life where you're imbalanced on paper. And that's okay. Because we don't live life on paper. Just get in the habit of doing little things and taking little pockets of time to look after you. Otherwise, you can end up looking after everyone else and not yourself. You know, and, and as I said like before, like you can get in that habit of just being hyper product like you know with hyper productivity and you just get in a, a a vicious cycle of busyness so balance doesn't have to be the perfect pie cut into perfect pieces or a you know swing set balanced in the center 
It's about finding the equal or the correct proportions for you that work for you and the life you want. And it's funny, since making this this decision um, and after all the doubters and people questioning me over the years and, you know, people saying that, you know, literally I got told that if I made this decision that it was the worst decision I could possibly ever make for my life, lifestyle and business. Um, and couldn't they be so wrong? Like they, they literally, they have no idea. And that's, that's, I think that the most important thing that people will always have something to say and they'll always have an opinion, but you need to back yourself. And the biggest compliment I've been told since moving back down here fully and committing to a life that makes me happy is that good on you for backing yourself. And I think it's the biggest compliment you can ever give someone is like good on you for backing you. Because it is one of the hardest things to back yourself when everyone else tells you what you're doing is wrong. And it doesn't seem like much, but, you know, I made the choice to back what balance looks like for me and I gave up a lot. But I wouldn't change it for the world now because I've gained even more. And I can now look back and see why all of this chaos happened. Um, And I feel like I'm in exactly where I'm meant to be doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing. And, and I think you're all capable of that as well. So, you know, when, when change and chaos does happen, like it does settle. You've just got to be fine. You've just got to find that point that where you are doing exactly what you're meant to be doing and to make sure that you have full control of your life. This is your life. And you, you got to make sure that you live it the way that you want to live it. You know, and sometimes that does mean standing alone while everyone around you tells you you're doing the wrong thing. You've got to find the courage to do that even when it's hard or uncomfortable. So don't be afraid of new beginnings from new people, new energy, new surrounds, new challenges. They're all pretty incredible once you get through the chaos. So embrace those new chances at happiness and opportunities to level up. So guys, 2020 is literally in six months. Don't let anyone waste your time, including yourself. Be so busy improving your life and yourself that you don't have time to pay attention to anyone or anything that distracts you from your growth. But also make time to not be so busy. Because if there is even a slight chance that getting something will make you happy, risk it. Life is too short and we only get 24 hours a day and happiness is so rare. So sit still. Don't pick up your phone. Just sit there and be in that moment. And go out and find what balance means to you. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening and I wish you all an incredible day. Um, Please share your thoughts on business, change, balance, hyper productivity, all of it. Um, with me over on Instagram at Tamara A. Kennedy. Um, I'd love to hear what you think. And guys, thank you so much. Um, Thank you for listening.